0: Welcome to Alma Matters, where sports, smarts,
1: and life after McGill come together in one great conversation, led by your host, Earl Zuckerman. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Earl the Pearl Zuckerman. Thanks for joining us today on Alma Matters. In each episode, we'll speak with prominent members of our alumni about their McGill experience and how it has impacted their lives and careers. Alma Matters is presented by the Redbird Sports Shop, the official retail store of McGill Athletics and Recreation. Shop for McGill Apparel at redbirdsportshop.ca. With us on the podcast today is Kim St. Pierre, originally from Chateauguay, Quebec, now from Saint Laurent, Quebec, and she's the first female student in 90 years to win an Olympic gold medal and has now three gold medals to her claim. As the first uh, also the first female athlete from McGill to win a gold medal at the Olympics. She earned an education majoring in kinesiology in 2004 and was a goaltender with the McGill Martlets from 1998 to 2004 and single-handedly turned around the women's hockey program to be a national contender every year since since her time at McGill. She also had the unique uh, distinction of playing with the McGill men's team in her senior year. As a member of Team Canada, for more than a decade, she helped the national team win five world championships in addition to her three Olympic golds. So, uh, Kim was an honoree of the McGill Sports Hall of Fame, also went into the Quebec Sports Hall of Fame, and this summer she made national news by being named to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Welcome, Kim St-Pierre.
0: So happy to join you, Earl.
1: I'm very happy to speak with you again uh, perhaps you can um, just touch on that Hockey Hall of Fame uh, what uh, uh, can you m- maybe give us a uh, an update on uh, how how that went how you got informed and uh, when is the induction ceremony being planned has that been finalized
0: yes well because it's a it's a different year with the covid situation um, it, the ceremony was supposed to be in November but it's uh, it's postponed and um, I've heard from the Hockey Hall of Fame not too long ago that they don't—they still don't know when it's going to happen, so we're just waiting to see um, how everything's going to uh, proceed, but for now, uh, yeah, we're, we're the ambassadors for, for the whole year, and uh, when I heard the big news, it was very, very special. Um, it was June 24th, so it's Quebec Day here, uh, so I was not working, I was just enjoying some um, time on the golf course with my kids and my husband, so getting the Special phone call from uh, Lanny McDonald was very, very uh, surprising uh, because it was only like 10 minutes before the official announcement on TSN. So I was not expecting this year to be the year. Uh, but since then, I've been um, celebrating not as much with my friends and, uh, and teammates because uh, we're not allowed to do uh, <laughs> Uh, so much in Quebec with the, the COVID, but um, it was so great to hear from everybody. Uh, bringing, it brings back so much memories from starting from my McGill years to uh, my last year with the national team. So I'm very, very uh, lucky. And uh, yeah, what a special feeling.
1: Yeah, that was quite a thrill for all of us, too, at McGill. Uh, can you uh, maybe touch on how you ended up at McGill?
0: Yes, that's a great question, uh, and thank God I ended up at Miguel because it's the decision that changed my life, especially my hockey career. Um, I thought I was done playing hockey when I was 18 years old. I played with the boys in Chateauguay, so from 8 to 18 years old. Um, I was always trying to, to, um, to play for Team Quebec for the, the women's team, but I don't know. I was never good enough or the timing was not great. So, yes, I was retiring from hockey until um, one Sunday evening, Dan Madden, that was involved with the women's team at McGill, um, decided to come. And I don't know how, but he had uh, heard about me and he invited me to join the McGill team. Um, So that was a bit overwhelming because I didn't speak any English. I didn't know anyone going to McGill. But I I guess I was up to the challenge. So I I accepted the invitation to go and visit the campus, visit the, the rink. And I had the pleasure to meet two francophone players from the, the women's hockey team. It was uh, Joanne Baudoin and Fanny Roberge. So the whole experience made it so special. and And I was ready to play hockey for five more years. So that's why I took the challenge. I said, I'm gonna learn English. I'm gonna make new friends. And having the the honor and the privilege to attend McGill University, all of this, um, it was the perfect recipe for me. And if I look back, uh, yes, it was probably the decision that changed my life because it it gave me uh, 15 more years of hockey, um, a great education from McGill, meeting my best friends, meeting my husband. And uh, having a chance to play with the national team as well. So, thank you, Dan Madden, for for believing in me when nobody else uh, was. And yes, I took this as um, a great challenge and uh, yeah, very happy uh, uh, about how it turned out.
1: (laughs) Right. Dan Madden was the head coach of McGill before Peter Smith, who uh, has been at McGill for about two decades, it seems like more. And he's just uh, recently announced his retirement um, in early September. I I guess that. Kind of caught you by surprise when you heard that Peter was stepping down.
0: Oh, definitely! Like for me, Peter has been there since the beginning. Um, only my first year, he was not my coach, but then he had been there uh, the whole way. Plus, um, a few years as well with the national team, where he was an assistant coach. Uh, but what a great support! What a great coach and person he was all the way through my years. Miguel, he was always there too. Uh, support me to make sure I had the best training. But I was the best hockey player, but also the best student <laughs> I could be. And you've um, you've uh, made such a difference in many of our lives. So when I, I, I heard the news, um, I know he've, uh, he've invest, invested so much of his time, and now it's uh, sometimes it, it's hard to move on. Like I, I've done it with uh, when I was done playing hockey. It's not easy to let go of something that we love and it's our passion. Uh, but I think Peter did everything he could to bring the program to another level. And, uh, yeah, he can be so proud of everything that he's uh, accomplished. And every um, every player on this team, uh, he made a huge difference for us.
1: Indeed, five national championships, uh, uh, something that you kind of steered the ship in the right direction. Uh, I remember your, uh, your first season, you probably had, on average, close to 50 shots a game. McGill was not very good back then, and you're kind of... Uh, turned uh, lopsided 9 nothing scores into one nothing or 2 nothing or 2-1 scores. And all of a sudden, uh, I think that attracted the interest of other uh, young hockey players that wanted to perhaps uh, play at the university level. And uh, we were able to start recruiting some really top-notch players, uh, a number of them who've gone on to play for the national team as well. Um I'm just wondering about the the, the adaptation to uh, to learning in in English, studying in English. Um, you obviously said that, that you didn't really speak much when you got to McGill. How how difficult was that first year? Was it just the first semester, the first month? Did it take the whole year to adapt?
0: Um, I have to thank the the hockey team, the girls on the hockey team, because they made a huge difference. As soon as I walked in the dressing room, I got introduced to Amy Doyle, who was the other goalie. Um, So then I realized that she didn't speak French and that I didn't speak English. So it was kind of okay. We'll have to be uh, become friends. We're the two goalies on the team, and we can't communicate properly. So uh, yeah, we we became best friends, and uh, and I was able to teach French to Amy, and then she taught me a lot of English. And my first few months, I was always driving back to Cherokee, my hometown. So I was not really exposed to a lot of English besides in the classrooms. But then I was very shy to talk with the hockey team. Uh, but as, um, the beginning of my second semester, I decided to move downtown, uh, with three of the other hockey, hockey girls. So mm-hmm. that really helped me to, um, uh, be exposed to English, but everyday life English, like right. hockey, I was able to get the hockey, uh, yeah. language. Uh, but then I moved with, uh, with Amy and then two other hockey players and then, uh, they helped me so much for my school work and, and also to learn some English. So uh, yeah, it was really great, but not easy at the beginning. Uh, but I made a few French uh, friends as well that were start- studying in phys ed, So uh, that really helped as well.
1: Well, that's great. That's uh, always interesting to hear the challenge of uh, learning a new language, uh, especially when you're just pushed into that. And, uh, you know, you don't really have much of an option. You really have to just go for it. And uh, Studying in, the, in a different language, I can imagine it's quite a challenge. Um, wondering what your first impressions were when you arrived on the campus. Did, did, do, you oh, remem- do you remember your yes. first day on the campus?
0: It's it's so special. Even if I lived only like uh, 30 minutes away, like it was downtown, so I was not really uh, uh, coming off uh, from high school and then see I had never been to McGill, but we hear so much about it, and especially me being a a Francophone, not not expecting to go to English university. So that was really out of my league. Um, so when Dan Madden came and said, oh, just come for a visit. So I went with my parents and just to walk around the campus was uh, uh, so prestigious, I, I felt and still today when I, I get to walk around with my kids or drive by, it's it's still very special to me. Uh, when I see pictures on social media, uh, McGill is very unique, and uh, yeah, I'm so proud I was able to attend. Uh, for me, uh, for sure, the the gym was a special place. Studying in phys ed and kinesiology, and the rink. Uh, I know it's an old rink, but uh, what a special one <laughs> when we were able to renovate it a bit to make it a uh, warmer for us, the players. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, it's it's a special one, and it's funny. Yesterday, I was talking to my kids and. Um, they keep saying that they want to go to McGill University. So so we'll see. That's where I went. That's why my, uh, where I'm my husband. So we'll see if it, it's uh, that special for them as well.
1: Uh, you mentioned your husband, uh, Lenny Joe Goudreau, who played on the men's team. Uh, wh- what point did you meet him? Was that in your first year at McGill or uh, near the end of your McGill career?
0: Uh, At the beginning. Uh, So he was, yeah, playing for the men's team and I I played for for the women's team. So we got to meet at the rink and uh, he was also studying phys ed. He only stayed for one year, Uh, but we became really good friends. And then at some point we... uh, we decided to go out, but uh, yeah, that's where we met, and now we have uh, two kids. We've been together for uh, for 18 years now. Wow! Um, so then, uh, then he moved to uh, he went to Strasbourg University to st- study law, but uh, that's where we met at McGill uh, for the first time.
1: Quite a uh, special memory. Have you have you gone back with him to have like some sort of anniversary there at some point in time?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but uh, yes. Well, uh, whenever we we get to, like I said, drive by, uh, it's always a pleasure to uh, to stop and take a few pictures and, and talk to the kids. We have a great picture with the kids uh, uh, in the gym. I don't remember why but we had uh, been, maybe we we're just walking by and then we stopped and it was open so uh yeah we have a really nice picture that uh um, i can share with my kids
1: mm-hmm. uh, and uh, was he the one or was he one of the ones that convinced you how did you come to the decision to try out for the men's team in your in your senior year Where how did that come about
0: Uh, uh, I was coming back from the Olympics in 2002, and yes, the women's team was getting better and better, Um, the recruitment, Peter was able to recruit some great players, Uh, but then at some point coming from an Olympic year where where I I had moved to Calgary for eight months, uh, trying at, um, I, I mean, training at a really high level. I was looking for a new challenge, and it was nothing against the the, the women the women's team and they know. Um, I was just trying to to play at the best level that I could. and if I wanted to be a McGill, I needed to try with the with the men's team and uh, Martin Raymond was the coach and he was open-minded. He said, if you're good enough, if you perform well, you'll have a chance to make it and um, yes, I was able to play for a year. Uh, I have to admit it was a challenging one. It was not easy, but I think it's been a part of my life that, Being a goalie, when you play men's hockey, it's never going to be easy. And um, every day I had to make sure I was the best I could be. And I learned a lot from that year. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful that uh, McGill University was open-minded to let me play on the men's team.
1: And what was the biggest difference on the ice in the men's game?
0: Yes, it's it's a bit different. Like the girls are they're not as strong. Even if we train as much as the boys, uh, we're we're never going to be able to to hit the puck as hard. It's uh, it's a different game. So I played boys hockey until I was 18 years old. So I was used to uh, the more physical play. I think the girls play with more finesse and uh, maybe smarter <laughs> than the boys. Uh, but because of my experience um, when I grew up playing hockey, it was nothing different to me. So I was used to the physical play and um, and the harder shot, I would say. Uh, But um, besides that, I I for sure enjoyed my four years with with the 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 women's team. I met some of my best friends still today, like Sarah Lomas, that I get to uh, uh, to to talk uh, not every day, but we were good friends. And like I said, Amy Doyle, like we're she's still my best friend. So for sure, my. My years with the women's teams are, are my favorite ones.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Interesting to, to um, uh, have a best friend who was also goalie, because goalies are also always challenging each other for a starting uh, um, position. And uh, when you were there, Amy had to serve as the backup. But the year you took off for the Olympics, Amy had an all-star season. And, uh, you know, she, she proved her... Uh, her medal, that she was a, uh, you know, a capable goalie of, of being there. But unfortunately she was in a position where she had to be behind an Olympic goalie. And uh, so it's, it's quite a uh, interesting story that you guys are kind of best friends and not have been best friends really since your playing days. She uh, made
0: a huge difference in my career for sure. Like you said that we were competing for the same spot, but she understood that uh, maybe I was at another level and especially being involved with the, the Olympic team. So uh, because she was like supporting me so much I knew uh, she was not jealous or she was not trying to, to steal anything. Uh, she understood um, uh, where she she stood and uh, she made me a better person and a better goalie and and that's why I was so happy when I left for, for the Olympics that she uh, she got to experience a full year as a as a number one goalie and she did so well. Uh, so yeah, we, um, we, we shared so much over our years at McGill and still today we're, we're best friends. So yeah, it was a, a great, uh, a great challenge to, uh, to become best friends with the other goalie.
1: Indeed. You don't, you don't hear that too often. Uh, you mentioned the Olympics. We've touched on it a little bit. You've won three Olympic gold medals. Is there any special moment that stands out for you, uh, about being at the Olympics aside from winning the gold medals? Obviously that has to be, uh, the top three highlights but is there any specific moment that kind of sticks out in your mind a, a special memory that you have a fond recollection of or an, an anecdote about your time with the olympic program
0: olympics are, are always so special um when i grew up i uh, i was playing every sport like i was a tennis player i played soccer softball tennis i i was a good swimmer so uh um, my dream was to go to the Olympics. Like, I didn't know which sport I was going to choose, but going to the Olympics was the ultimate. Like, to be one of the best athlete in the world and especially being able to represent Canada. So the actual first opening ceremonies when they called Team Canada to enter the stadium, that's one of my favorite moments because... I think when we watch the Olympics on TV, that's something that everyone's watching, the opening ceremony, and then you get to see the countries walking in. So for me, that that part of the Olympics represented so much, meaning that I had made it, and I was uh, being able to represent Canada in women's hockey. So it made it very, very special. And for sure, when you get to win an Olympic gold medal in your first Olympics, In the U.S. and and that year we had moved to Calgary and we played uh, eight games against the Americans to get ready and we had lost all eight games. Right. So that's that represents like a a lot of adversity through my first Olympics, moving like to Calgary, uh, being away from friends and family, leaving school for a year and then losing every single game, and then you get to go to the Olympics in the U.S., I'm like, mm. well, I will see what's going to happen, but we won 3-2. Uh, and if you remember, we had like 14 penalties against yes. us. I, think. <laughs> I, re- so. I,
1: re- I remember watching that uh, game. We, we were in Tomlinson Hall at the McGill Athletics Complex, where the Hall of Fame is actually, and we had big TV screens set up for uh, all the students to watch, and it was packed. Tomlinson Hall, you couldn't move. And the uh, the excitement and the um, the reaction from the students watching was just incredible. It was like the entire campus was there, and every time the referee gave another penalty and another penalty and another penalty to Canada, it was just like incredible noise. People were booing, and then when we killed off the when Canada killed off the penalty, everyone was cheering. It was really one of the more incredible viewing experiences I've ever had. Of, of like I've been in McGill over forty years, and just watching that um reaction in the uh, hall of fame miguel uh, to see uh, how intense the game was how canada killed off all those penalties against what appeared to be a, a biased referee and uh, and and how you guys pulled it out after losing the, you know the previous eight games against the americans as you mentioned uh, one of the uh, special highlights and, and certainly my career of watching I'm not much of a participant in sports but as a viewer in sports I've seen quite a bit and that was quite a spectacle
0: oh that's a great story yeah Yeah, because after each penalties instead of feeling the pressure we we felt stronger as a team Mm. um so that's why when the the countdown went on like 10 9 8 until zero seconds and then winning this the first olympic gold medals um and then uh, mr pound gave the gold medal when we were all standing on the blue line so right. that made it so special too so everything about my first olympics for sure is is uh, one of my favorite memory and uh, my parents were were able to come to salt lake city too so they're the ones that invested so much time and money and mm energy and love into all my my uh, sporting uh, events, um, so I owe them so much, because without them I, I wouldn't be here today, and uh, now I have two kids, two boys, so I know how much time it is, uh, and how much... Um, commitment it is to to right. get them active but it's so important um so I'm, I'm grateful to have my 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 two kids now to get through uh this whole process but uh, yeah it's very re- rewarding and um that's why i share everything with my parents because they uh, they're the ones that introduced me to all these sports so uh very <laughs> very right. excited about that so but every olympic is is a special story uh especially the first ones like i was a rookie i didn't know what to expect And then 2006 was very different in in Italy. And then uh, the last ones in in Vancouver, very special too, being able to represent Canada in Canada. Like everyone was cheering for our team. Everyone knew all the players on the team. And um, it was very special to be able to win another gold medal. But... In our own country like the Canadian athletes that year did so well so to be a part of this winning tradition made it very special for for a Canadian team.
1: Indeed the Vancouver Olympics were extremely exciting and memorable for all Canadians. Um, Going back to the McGill campus, uh, was there ever a favorite study spot that you have that you can remember Did you uh, have a place you like to hang out uh, on the campus? Anything come to mind?
0: Yeah, for sure the gym, because I I spent a lot of time like uh, going to my my classes or walking up, but walking up to the rink. Uh, So I would say everything around the gym and the rink um, was always very so special to me. And I lived also on Zeroshi Street, so that was really close to the gym as well. Uh, So for sure, I spent a lot of time there, uh, but Walking to the main campus too, like close to university um, and Sherbrooke, like that's always a special spot as well. And I wish the library I had visited a little more, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but no, I think overall, um, yeah, I, um, I, I worked out a lot in the gym or at the rink right. and then all the studying, going to the, the classes and... I don't know if maybe the older students will remember the little cafeteria that we used to have, um, and I think it's still there, but they 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 had a few renovations going. But uh, definitely, it was a nice place to hang out in the morning or between classes, and that's actually where I was meeting my my husband mm. <laughs> before school would start. So that was a, another special place for me.
1: Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and you, you mentioned living in the in the McGill ghetto. That was. Uh an experience in itself, I guess, quite um, quite central to the uh, to an athlete's life. Having a, a residence right near the the gym and, and the the rink where you uh, you know uh, have to play and and practice. <laughs> but uh
0: Oh no. that yeah. made a huge difference like my first semester driving uh like an hour and a half in traffic to go and back after nice. school plus practices so the days were very long so when the, the my teammates were like oh just come and live downtown and you'll see it's so much fun and and I was scared a bit at the beginning, but wow, like at all the time that you save or just the fun that you have. And um, there was a, some special evenings too when we were able to go out that uh, that made it special as well. But um, so many players were living on the Zeroshi Street, either from the men's or women's team. So uh, yeah, it was so much fun to uh, to hang out. Yes, we had to go to school and and um, do all the hockey workouts and practices, but just to hang out as well, it made it a, a very special place to, to live.
1: Uh, when, you t- when you went to school, was there a favorite uh, professor that you had or a favorite class that you really look forward to going to every day? Is there something that comes to mind there?
0: Well, I had some amazing teachers. It, it's hard to pick one, uh, one or two, but um, I know that... Uh, Over the years, I I had the pleasure to meet different teachers and what I I liked the most is how open-minded they were because I had to miss uh, a lot of school because I was going to many training camps or, or leaving for the Olympics or every year leaving for the World Championships, like right before exam time. Uh, so yeah, it would be hard to only name one or two because they made a huge difference. They helped me uh, graduate down the line. So um, for sure the whole athletic department uh, made a huge difference in, the, in my career and my, uh, my schoolwork. I had to really plan in advance. So uh, for sure talking to the teachers or all the exams I would, uh, I would miss when I was on the road, but usually um, I was able to do them when I was coming back. Uh, so that's why I would bring all my books with me when traveling with the national team and then coming back it would be like one exam after the other. It was not a, never easy to just be by myself doing uh, all the work but uh, that's something I had to do, um, especially world championships being early April it was it was hard with with school uh, but then I got used to it and um, yeah lots of time on the on the planes and or at the hotel between practices and games so i made sure i i brought all my work with me and then working with the teachers and my uh, teammates and classmates uh, they helped me uh, catch up and then yeah i was finally able to graduate at some point (laughs)
1: um is there any uh, anecdotes that you can think of from any of your time at mcgill when you were on a road trip with the team
0: Well, we've we've had so many, like, uh, what a fun team we had. And especially at the university level, you're able to spend four or five years with the same teammates. And we've had some pretty, pretty funny players on the team. And yes, uh, the buses, uh, they broke down a few times or um, no more heat. So we were not able to go to Toronto. We had to stop on the road or... um, a few funny stories that could have happened in the uh, hotels as well. But, um, yeah, I don't think we can tell all the stories <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, uh, for sure. We always talk about the gold medals or all the games that we won or, uh, but, th- from my McGill years, it's, it's the friendships that I was able to get to, um, to meet some incredible people and, and great coaches as well. So, uh, But yeah, we've had funny stories. We were able one year to go uh, to France to play um, some hockey games. So right. that was another fun, uh, fun memory from my, my time at McGill.
1: I gather that was your first time playing in France.
0: No, I've uh, my dad has had organized a few trips when I was younger. Like playing with the boys, we would uh, uh, my dad would organize like a trip and go play two weeks in France. So um, yeah, I had been a few times. So that was just an, uh, another time with the Miguel team.
1: And how was the level of hockey that you played against over there?
0: Yeah, it was a little bit different, but we were always able to find like teams that would uh, challenge us. And then we played many games, so at some point we got tired with all the traveling as well. Uh, but it was a very interesting to, uh, to play the different teams and uh, got to travel and ski, so, um, yeah, it was a very uh, fun experience.
1: Um, another thing that, that comes to mind that I've heard a lot from different um, athletes or coaches is how they felt the first time they put on the McGill uniform. Do you remember that moment when you first put it on for a game? Yes.
0: Yes. The jerseys were not that great. Uh, I'm glad at some point they decided <laughs> to, <laughs> to upgrade, but uh, for sure, like for me, it was my first experience playing women's hockey. Uh, so to be able to put this uh, jersey on and represent the, the school... The university, and especially with my other teammates, uh, it was a it was a special moment. And uh, uh, I don't rec- recall exactly what happened during my first game, but uh, I remember the jersey, and uh, yeah, it was a special uh, special feeling. Uh, but for me, it was great coming from uh, from men's hockey. Um, I know the the level was not the same with with the Martlets, but I was getting so many shots, and and it was really hard to win games, but. Um, I had confidence like uh, every game every practice the team was getting better and and the year I came in there was like five or six really good players that uh, came in as well at the same time so we we knew we had to um, to give ourselves some time and then at some point we started winning games or we were not allowing 50 shots a game and and it, it really helped me to uh, to work on my uh, my puck skills as well, meaning like passing the puck more and playing the puck to help my defense. So that really helped me becoming a a, be- a better goalie to um, to help uh, my defense maybe with some breakouts. Um, so, but we we got better and better. And then the year after it was just easier to uh, recruit better players. And then the program just get betting better getting better and better so i'm really proud to you, that i was a part of that first year when everything opened up and then the, the program uh, is one of the top now in, in canada uh,
1: the, the, it's amazing how far women's hockey has come from uh, from that era to what, what we have today it's uh, and the way it's expanding on the world stage
0: oh definitely and uh, i'm so proud to be a part of it like uh uh, now we're fighting to have a professional league, and uh, I really hope it's ap- happening at some point. But just at the McGill uh, level, like the all the money invested, the quality of the coaches, the the ice time that we get. When I first visited the school before I decided to attend McGill, like the team was like there was only 10 players on the ice and they were doing like a half ice practice. And I think they were doing the banana drill. Like hockey players would know what it is. Like it's a very simple drill that the kids do usually. So, and now the program is at and now this series behind the program and the, 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 the girls, like the workouts that they do, it's like a 12 month thing now. And, um, it's incredible to see, um, how the program where the program is at now and just the women's hockey game too it's um the rivalry between teams at the CJF level or at the university level and now even Miguel competing in the ncaa or american colleges so it's it's so great to see but i really hope that we get our professional league so that their little girls now playing they can hope one day to become professional women's hockey players
1: right it's uh, certainly a. Uh uh, a shame that the the league folded last year, and hopefully that will be uh, not too much uh, more in the future before the uh, the women's pro game is back. Um, well, I'm just wondering if you uh, if you could bring any uh, if you can tr- if you transferred any habits with you to your daily routine now uh, from your practicing your your training sessions and all that. Are, are there any skills or uh, time management things like that from your your McGill days? That you find uh, help develop your uh, your everyday life that you maybe use still today, or um, you know something that is transferred from that to, to the current time.
0: Yes, definitely, not. and I think uh, any student athletes can can relate. Um, we spend we spend so much time like on uh, working out or on the ice or on the field that. Uh, We don't get to spend all our evenings studying. So for me, time management was a huge thing that I learned at McGill, especially uh, traveling a lot, too, with the national team. So playing with the national team plus uh, the McGill team and uh, being a student. So I really had to manage my time really well if I wanted to succeed uh, both on the ice and, and in the classroom and i I would say also stress management, like mm. handling pressure. Yeah. Um, I think that's something we learn, yes, as a student, to perform really well, and as an athlete too, uh, when you want to perform well and and then going to the Olympics and the world championship level, so I really had to uh, manage well uh how to handle the pressure, and I learned a lot too how preparation makes a huge difference either as an athlete if you don't do the work before uh, you can't show up in an olympic final and 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 hope to to win a gold medal Uh, same thing you can't expect to show up in an exam not having studied enough and and hoping to get a the best grade ever so uh, for me preparation even nowadays when i do meetings or for my work um, it makes it makes a huge difference so definitely stress management um managing the time and then preparation that's um all things that i learned uh, being a student athlete at miguel
1: indeed uh, stress management is an interesting one especially when you've been uh, when you're an athlete that's played on the world stage uh, what uh, what little techniques do you uh, did you learn about like let's say you're in the gold medal game and it's against the u.s that that first time when you were taking all the penalties, uh, is there some sort of mantra that you're repeating in your head to make sure you're managing your stress? How how do you manage that when it's at the height and everything is, you know, every, all the focus is on on you to make the big save when you're killing a penalty because really the, the goalie is the one that's under the most pressure. Uh, did you have any little techniques or little mental uh, uh, mantras that you would say something to get your uh, stress level to a manageable level in those situations?
0: Well, something, a strategy that I I learned over the years, especially with our mental coach with the national team, it was to try to stay in the moment. Um, I think, let's say in an Olympic final, if you get scored on and it was a bad goal and I keep thinking about it, well, I'm sure I'm going to get scored on again. Or let's say if I don't make a save and I say, oh, what is going to happen if we don't win the goal or to not think about the future? You don't think about whatever just happened. But if you stay in the moment that's where you perform your best and that's where you should be. Same thing if you're doing an exam, you can't think about, oh no, I should have done this or what's gonna happen. Like if you focus on what you can control, I think that's when it makes a huge difference. And for me, when I talked about preparation, it was all about visualization. So learning a lot by seeing myself in my head, doing something either on the ice or, or off the ice. Uh, so that's uh, two strategies that really help me uh, perform at my best. Because, um, yeah, it's not easy. There's so many things you can't control. Uh, but if you... Uh you have the right attitude and you control whatever you can control. I think that's when you can perform at your best.
1: Right. Now, uh, speaking of uh, uh, physical activity, uh, how do you and do you still incorporate that in a physical activity into your daily life? I mean, it was a huge part of your life for all of your university and uh, national team career. Do you still do like daily workouts and have some sort of a regular routine that you go through?
0: Yes. Yes, for sure. Um before it was, I had to, like, uh, I had a plan with the national team or, or with the McGill team. So I had to follow and was getting tested like often. Uh, so when I retired for sure, I, I well, I got pregnant for, with two kids, like back to back. So I kind of stopped a little bit and, and it's hard sometimes when you don't have to do something like it has to come from you. So it took a few months to really get into, okay, I'm just training for fun versus like training to compete or win games with my teammates. So right. that's why I had to really take some time off. And now I'm, do- I'm like working out like five, six times a week. Uh, one of my good friends and I met when I played with the Montreal Stars. Uh, Emmanuel Ble, she's a, a trainer, so she's giving me workouts to do at home. So I work, and then uh, during lunchtime, that's where I go out and then do uh, my workouts. And um, I have two kids too, so I always like go on walks. We rollerblade, we bike, so I do a lot of uh, physical activity with them. And physical activity is also part of my everyday job, uh, so that's what I'm doing now with the Box Program. So uh, we're implementing physical activity in the kids, uh, in all the kids' schools all over Canada. So we want to um, show them how physical activity uh, is so important for their mental health, but their physical health as well.
1: Right? Can you talk a little bit more, more about the Box Program? That's a Montreal-based uh, organization.
0: Uh, No, we're all over Canada. So we're uh, funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada and REBOX. So uh, BOX is a free physical activity program. So we offer resources in French or English for all schools across Canada. Uh, So we're having some like... um, Uh, brain breaks they call it so like five to ten minute activities that the kids can do in the classrooms and we also have other resources like a longer lesson plan like 35 to 45 minutes that the kids can do before school or after school and we have really uh, now with the COVID situation we have uh, physical distancing and social distancing activities we have fitness calendars so we really offer a variety of resources so that every A person working in the school is able to implement physical activity. Because at the elementary level, we're hoping the kids to move at least 60 minutes a day. Mm. Um, So uh, I think we're providing many, many resources and everything's free. So schools, it's a turnkey program, so they can definitely find the perfect recipe that they need. And um, I'm taking care of all the schools in Quebec, but there's regional coordinators all over Canada to accommodate the schools. So it's been very uh, challenging, not challenging, but challenging in a good way, because for me, the love for sports and physical activity started when I when I was at the elementary school level. So that's what I'm trying to do now to say, kids, you need to move. You need to be active, not only to go to the Olympics, but to meet your best friends, to get to travel and to learn so much about yourself. So it's a it's really a privilege for me. I've been with the program for four years now, so it's been a lot of fun.
1: I guess, the you know, with the COVID situation, it's really put a, a wrench into uh, the into the situation of, of people having a chance to work out because you can't work out in groups. Uh, it's, the gyms are closed. This must be really uh, a challenging time for for uh, people that are in that world.
0: Yes, you're right, because for a lot of people uh, being active, going to the gym, what they enjoy is the social aspect of training as well or working out. Uh, for me, I'm okay to do it by myself, so I don't need the motivation of others. But I understand that uh, sometimes the group effect uh, is really important. And, and we've seen uh, so many um, studies that show that uh, people are moving less and less Uh, for us here in my family it's a bit the opposite because I have two young boys they're six and eight so they need to move so we've been uh, getting out of our comfort zone and doing things that we have never did before like just going up the mountains or walking almost uh, every day after dinner so it's uh it's challenging because yeah we're thinking about so many things and it could be a stressful situation as well. But I think um, as a family, more than ever, it's important to move and find activities that everyone is enjoying. Uh, but no matter your age, uh, every day it should be a part of your day to go out. And you don't need to run a marathon or, or do CrossFit. but. Just to go outside and walk can make a huge difference in, in your work day. So um, I really encourage people to uh, try to add a little more physical activity to their everyday life.
1: Certainly. And, and obviously that affects mental health, which has been a, a big, widely discussed topic uh, in the last couple of years, uh, given the stress that the university students are under, um, especially during uh, midterms and finals, uh, uh, uh being active as an athlete certainly must help you uh, mentally, not just physically.
0: Oh yes, that was a big part, and uh, it was starting to become popular all the mental aspect when I was with the national team. Um, so definitely, uh, yeah, it's not because you work out every day if your if your mind is not there, or it's like it's uh, mental health is a big big issue. There's a lot of things we can read about. Uh, but to not be scared to ask for help, for sure, I think it's something uh, we all need to think or or be surrounded by good people or friends, especially now if you're not allowed to go see friends or family, uh, for me, just uh, getting uh, FaceTiming my mom or my brothers, uh, my dad, like it's, it's making a big difference. So uh, for sure, uh, being surrounded by great people, It's uh, it makes a huge difference either in life or just in team sports. Um, I think that's why I was so fortunate to play for for great teams and great people.
1: Okay, Uh, what what would you say that, you know, now that um, that you wish you knew as a McGill student? Is there anything that uh, you can think of that? Geez, if I had known that when I was a student, I would would have been in a better uh, situation. I would have been better off. Is there something that comes to mind that you've learned in later years that uh, would apply to? helping you become a better student? Uh,
0: well, for sure, I, uh, I grew up playing so many sports and, and doing physical activities. So I loved every single phys ed uh, classes. So that's why I decided to study in, um, physical education and kinesiology. But, um, I wish maybe I would have taken maybe more business classes because, uh, that's what I'm doing now. And, um, I, I think it would have been really helpful, helpful for my after career. So definitely to get out of your comfort zone, sometimes, uh, at school, it's something that could really help you in your future. It's never too late to learn and, and, and then to go back and, uh, and read about something that you're very interested in. But I wish uh, when I was at McGill that I would would have taken maybe more business classes to, um, to help me for my everyday life.
1: Right. I, I guess it's safe to say that the, being a McGillian uh, was a heavy in- influence on your, uh, on your life and um, created opportunities uh, for you that you might not have had, had you uh, not gone on to university or gone somewhere else?
0: Oh, definitely, and that's what I've been saying uh, in all my interviews for the Hall of Fame. That uh, going to McGill was the decision that changed my life. Um, if not hockey, would have been over, and uh, who knows uh, who I would have met to become my, my husband. But uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's the, my best friends uh, that I met to with the with the Martlets, and um, having a great coach like Peter, and all my great teachers, and. Um yeah, McGill is definitely uh, my favorite uh, decision that I took. And then for sure, the national team, uh, my 15 years were very special. But uh, McGill, every time I have a chance to say that I went to McGill or I'm a McGill alumni, it's uh, very, very precious to me. Uh,
1: if you could go back and spend a day as a McGill student now. Um, like if you, you know if there was a special time machine that you can just go in push a button and you're going you're back on campus and you're student day can you kind of walk us through what your perfect dream day would have been on on campus the in in one day like what what is there anything that you can uh, sort of recall about being special about the uh, um, that situation
0: Yeah, I wish I could go back and then uh, cuz sometimes these years they go by too fast or we don't enjoy them uh, as much because sometimes we're tired and we don't want to study anymore, but, uh, no, it would be great to just live a regular day and end it with like a practice and, uh, maybe go out on the evening at Gertz, uh, <laughs> when it existed to, to celebrate all our good friends. But, um, yeah, definitely just, to, to walk around and then go to a few classes, Uh, not only in the gym area, but all over the the campus. And um, yeah, and then walk, the walk up to the rink is something that was very special too. And what a nice scene that we could see and uh, seeing the stadium there as well. So yeah, I don't have anything specific. It it was mostly the the overall experience. So I wish I could just go and then live one more day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think we all would like to go back to our, to our university days. Uh, well, uh, Kim, I'd like to thank you very much. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, it's uh, really uh, uh, very impressive what the career you've had at McGill, and we're all uh, quite pleased as uh, to how your, your career has progressed uh, throughout your McGill time and your post-McGill career. And uh, congratulations again on your impending induction to the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's uh, quite a special day for all of us.
0: Well, thank you, Earl, and thank you to you that since the beginning you were always there for for the women's hockey team, even if nobody was coming to watch our games. Uh, since day one, I knew uh, you would give us a lot of attention and and importance. So uh, thank you so much for for all your help over these years, and thank you for all you're doing for for all the athletes, Miguel.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Alma Matters is presented by the Redbird Sports Shop, the official retail store of McGill Athletics and Recreation. Shop for McGill Apparel at redbirdsportshop.ca. If you enjoyed this episode of our podcast, please subscribe. This is Earl the Pearl Zuckerman signing off. This has been Alma Matters, a
0: podcast by McGill Athletics and Recreation. Interested in sharing your story? or have a question for our host, get in touch by following us on Facebook or Instagram.